0: Hey, yo, Welcome into the CHGO White Sox post-game show presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars. Welcome into Studio A of our CHGO hey. offices here in the CHGO offices in the. Sorry, I messed you well, up. You're in the all West good. Loop, but I said well, welcome, welcome into Studio A. In our CHGO offices in the West Loops of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Echnerwell23. He's a CHGO White Sox community leader. I didn't think you messed me up. I thought what you did was totally fine. So I'm sorry for being just, I just got all confused. No, we understand. We talk for a living, and it's hard sometimes
1: to talk. I struggle with that on a daily basis. But we they, still, our, they still pay me money. We do our best. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm very good.
0: excited for this one, Herb, uh, because we are coming to you live after a White Sox win. The White Sox kicked the Detroit Tigers' ass to We had an Andrew Vaughn Grand Slam. We had an A.J. Pollock home run off a righty. We had an Aloy Jimenez home run to the moon. We had a Javi Baez home run that I'm kind of pissed off about. Um, What stuck out to you in this game? Just the bats showing up. and This whole year, I
1: think they faced Drew Hutchinson three times, three different times where he had only given up two earned runs versus the White Sox. You know, short stints, two uh, innings, four innings, and I think six innings, but the White Sox have been struggling versus mediocre right-handed pitchers today. They're like, nah, nah, son. We're, we're good for that. And to see the ball go over the fence feels good. To take advantage of mistakes by the other teams. Hang in sliders, I think, both to Aloy and Andrew Fawn, and they did not miss a stitch of that. Neither did A.J. Pollock when he hit that home run. So those are great things to see. Home runs are the best thing you can do for your offense. So if we continue to do this, the White Sox will be in a better spot. But these Cleveland Guardians
0: never go away, man. No, they don't. Um, Thankfully, uh, Gilberto Celestino was out in center field uh, for the Twins because Joe Ryan is pitching real damn well right now for the Twins. J-Ram was up. Was there a runner on second or third? Runner on third. Runner on third, but two outs um, for the Guardians. And it was the fifth inning. J-Ram smoked one center field, and Celestino on the run, leaping over his head, caught it, and uh, got the Twins out of that inning. It is 1-0, top of the eighth, with a runner on first for the Twins and two outs. Uh, we do have a super chat from Jack. So I was so happy with the win today that I'm hoping the Twins do their job because they didn't yesterday. It would be huge for the White Sox. The White Sox are five games over 500. they They're 76 and 76-71, which would get people excited. Last time the White Sox were five games over 500 was uh, during the uh, Twins. The uh, sorry, the twin series, the Astro series, where the White Sox won the first two, and after they won the first two in very exciting fashion, they were five games over five hundred. I tweeted out like, "Hey, I'm ready to stop being bitter. Let's go. Let's go get the division." That was months ago, or at least a month ago. Um, so hopefully, the White Sox can at least be. Three and a half games out, because uh, right now they're four games out, being 76 and 71. Guardians are 79 and 66. If they lose today, they'll be three and a half games uh, back. And then they have three games against the Guardians that they must sweep against them. Uh, and even if they sweep the Guardians, still will be a half a game back against Cleveland. So they're Not a true. team. Am I wrong about that? Am I mean, I if off?
1: the Minnesota Twins win today and tomorrow, oh,
0: right. the White Sox will be three games out. So that will be, be a showcase
1: series. But... The, it's in between three and five. So the White Sox currently have four. If the Minnesota Twins do their job and win the next two, the White Sox will only be three out versus the Guardians. So
0: if the Twins win today, worst it could be would be four games. Correct. And then, But the best it could be could be three games. Correct. And then if the, the Sox sweep them, Tie up, baby. We got a tie, tie a race up. in the division. Tie up,
1: and the White Sox would have the season series tiebreaker, right? Because they would win
0: the season series ten games to nine. And before we get into the exciting action in today's game, the eleven to five win—that's the most important thing that we could tell you right now. The White Sox really would have been. You know, wouldn't. It, would, it doesn't hurt to win any game. So if the White Sox went into Detroit and swept the Tigers, that would have been very beneficial to them. But I also thought Matt Manning was the type of starter that could shut down the White Sox. He did that. Seven innings of three hit ball was very good on Friday. Yep. Um, on Saturday, the White Sox still had issues. Eduardo Rodriguez was able to really limit the White Sox. They didn't have a ton of home runs, but they were able to at least get the job done. They won the game, um, and today they got the job done in, in nice fashion, but it's really really important that they sweep the Guardians. We have said time and time before, hey, you got a bum team coming in. You got to sweep them. This is a really good team. This is a solid team. You are going to need hit to hit home runs in every single game of this series if you want to win. You need to sell out for power. You need to sell out for runs. You need to sweep the Guardians this week. There are no ifs, ands, or buts about it because if you don't, you are not going to the playoffs and I am going to be Chilling in Vegas in October, and I know I don't have to worry about the White Sox because they'll be out of the postseason. And there you go,
1: you know. And that's why I say what we said must wins. That Thursday game versus the Cleveland Guardians in Cleveland was a must win because of this scenario that we're laying in front of you right now. All things going right so far, Twins are still in the lead. And if the Twins hold on to win that game, Twins win tomorrow, the White Sox will be in a showdown series where all those games are must win games. So, yes. This has been a disappointing season for the White Sox for the most part, but they have everything in front of them. They hold their own destiny in their hands if the Twins do what they can do um, versus the, uh, the Guardians. We know the Guardians versus the Twins, though. Every time you think the Twins are going to do something, Guardians are like, ah, it's enough. Here's two runs. We're going to win this game. Here goes Class A, game over. So I hope I'm wrong. I don't put too much trust into those Minnesota Twins because they're weird.
0: Right. Um, Hopefully they're they're able to at least tread water and keep winning today. Uh, We'll we'll keep you updated and and see if anything changes. They had the matchup advantage. Today, Joe Ryan
1: was out there dealing. And then tomorrow, Sonny Gray will also be
0: favored in his matchup. So... It's all in front of the Twins, and if they get the job done, the White Sox are in a great spot. Joe Ryan has a two-hitter right now, seven and one-thirds into it. He's got Will Benson up in a 1-0 count, bottom of the eighth, one out, uh, one to nothing, Twins lead. So hopefully uh, we can see them hold on to that one. We got about, what, uh, maybe uh, 12 minutes before Vinny joins us, so let's run through this Sox game, and then we'll talk a little bit more about the Guardians matchup because I do see Snake Eyes saying, I think the Bieber-Giolito matchup will be tough. We'll see. I don't know if that's going to be the pitching rotation. It still seems like it's going to be up in the air with Johnny Cueto's health. So we'll ask Vinnie, who's also a little bit under the weather, about Johnny Cueto, who's under the weather, um, and maybe we'll try to figure out what the pitching matchups might look like. And I see what you're saying, no expert, but if the White Sox
1: happen to have that game on Tuesday where they're only three games back, they hold their own destiny in their hands. The White Sox will hold their own destiny in their hands no matter what. White Sox win, they when go to the playoffs. Right. I don't care what the Guardians do before I mean before, after this twin series. You get a games in front of you where the Guardians and all you got to do is beat the Guardians and then win the rest of your games or win the most more of the games than the Guardians do, then that's that's what you want. The White Sox hold their own destiny in their own hands if it comes to Tuesday and it's only a three-game
0: series. And I'm not trying uh, to be th- – Only three games back. A pessimist, but, like, if the White Sox don't sweep the Guardians, it's not really about the games back. Um, at that point, it's about the tiebreaker. Because yeah. if they control their own destiny, that's perfect. I mean, th- then the White Sox, it's all on them. Yeah. But if you have to, you know, out beat, outwin the Guardians and, and, you know, outwin them by two, like, it's just it's, – it gets too messy. Like, yes. you just you, – you have three games – it's do or die. You need to win these three games or your season's over, in my mind. Yeah. Um, and even after that, like, you're right. It's not the end, but it just makes it a hell of a lot easier exactly. if you do that, if you go out and take care of those, that, that. And we'll talk a little bit more about you, that series. Then you don't have to anymore. worry about things like, hey,
1: what are the twins going to do? I hope the twins help us. Like You don't have to worry about the twins or whoever they're going to play, the Texas Rangers or the Toronto, Tampa Bay Rays or the six games they have versus the Royals at the end of the year. You don't have to worry about that. You just look at the games that you have in front of you and say, we
0: win these games. It don't matter what the Cleveland Guardians do. We're, we're in. Yeah. Uh, Jack said with another super chat, we have to win the series against the Guardians this week since they'll not be pitching McKenzie or Bieber this week. I don't know if that's true. That's not correct. Right. So I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out. Uh, that, that's why I had a, a bewildered look when you stopped talking because I was still looking up Shane Bieber notes. Um, I think Shane Bieber's still scheduled to start. But, um, uh, again, I'm not sure. It's been such a weird series because they had four – uh, four days where they're playing five games against the Twins. We did see them push McKenzie back um, and had Hunter Gatherer start against the uh, the Sox. So I'm not sure what their rotation's going to look like, but I'm pretty sure Bieber should be able to pitch. He pitched on Saturday, so Thursday, Sunday.
2: Huh? He'd pitch on Thursday then in that scenario yeah. five days later.
0: Who did? Bieber sure. pitched on Saturday, so he'll pitch on Thursday. Oh, yeah, so he'll pitch your pitch on the last game. So we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. Let's go through this game today. Sox win 11-5, to and we'll take you to the first inning. Gavin Sheets makes it a 1-0 to game. Uh, Aloy Jimenez... Reached on an infield single. Um, He raced his butt off to get there. Jose Abreu um, also got a hit early on. And then Gavin Sheets singled to left field. He did a great job of using the entire field. Drove in Abreu. He ran his ass off home um, and scored one to nothing socks. And then it got a little bit roughy because Vince Velasquez was making the start. He walked Riley Green and then Willie Castro homered to right. And it was really in a blink of an eye. I, I, I didn't really even realize Billy Castro hit a home run, and I looked up, it was like 2-1, because we were watching Red Zone at the same time. It's the first time we're watching Sox and NFL. Um, so I, it was kind of a blink of an eye. Tigers lead 2-1, to one, but I wasn't too worried. And it was the same time where NBC Sports Chicago was
1: flashing across the board that the Tigers have the lowest slugging percentage in Major League Baseball, <laughs> somewhere like 370. And I was exclaiming that to you, Sean and um, uh, Stephen, not explaining, exclaiming that and saying 370. I didn't think they were that bad. He was literally 40. I think it's worse than even what you're saying. Literally, the next pitch, crack, home run. I was like, oh my god! It's really bad when you see the right fielder just turn and look. Yeah, it's like, oh, <laughs> I was like, did he get that much of the ball? It's like apparently the balls are flying out of Detroit today,
0: and they are uh, because uh, AJ Pollock kind of calmed any nerves because the uh, the first at bat in the top of the second inning, Drew Hutchison gets taken deep to left field, the second home run for AJ Pollock versus a right hander. This year, oh no, not yet, not yet, not yet. We're not signing, not yet, not yet, not yet. We just gotta wait a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, some something, something's happening. Steve is getting real excited behind the board there. Um, and then in the uh, so that made it two two. Uh, Pollock's home run made it two two in the top of the second, and then things started to blow open in the top of the fifth. Uh, Andrews with one out, single to right. Then Moncada singled to center. Then after a Jose Abreu line out, Eloy Jimenez walked. Then Gavin Sheets walked. Then Jason Foley comes in, uh, and the Sox, with the bases loaded, have been very, very poor this year. Um, Sheets walked, drove in a run, made it 3-2, to two, and then Andrew Vaughn comes in with Jason Foley up, and like you mentioned, a hanging slider gets Crush. taken out to deep left for the Sox' second Grand Slam this year. <laughs> Just ridiculous. Uh, only second
1: Grand Slam this year, but Andrew With now, what, 17 home runs? Mm -hmm. I think... uh, Uh, Team leader. On Thursday, I said that Andrew Vaughn will finish the year with at least 20 home runs. I got some scoffs. I got some people saying, come on, he's only hit 15 in this many many games. How is he going to hit five in the last week? I'm like, hey, Andrew Vaughn, man. The power of Andrew Vaughn. Later on that day, versus the Cleveland Guardians, almost murdered a man by hitting a home run. And then today... Did not miss it. Did not miss a stitch of that ball, and
0: he absolutely murdered that Axel Foley home run pitch. And my guy Eli Stein saying uh, three grand slams, which is correct because uh, Elvis Andrews hit one off a pitcher. Or off a pl- uh, position player.
2: Oh, yeah. Which I was actually at that game. I forgot about that one.
0: And Tony called. He's like, what the fuck
1: are we doing? Doesn't count. <laughs> what are we doing out here? It's fake baseball.
0: Click. Just like just like the uh, the tenth, eleventh, and twelfth inning with a uh, extra man on second base, that's fake baseball. Whenever a position player is pitching, uh, get out of here with that one. Um, but yeah, third grand slam of the year for the Sox. Um, that was great to see. And you're right. Hey, hopefully Andrew Vaughn can make a run at 20 because if the White Sox don't have one uh, uh, one player hitting uh, 20 home runs this year, uh, that would be sad. The grand slam made it seven to two for the Sox. And in the bottom of the sixth, Jose Ruiz got into some trouble. Loaded the bases, then Jimmy Lambert came in, issued a four pitch walk to Kerry Carpenter, but he was able to get out of the jam without scarring the Sox too much. The seven to two lead became seven to four, but then the White Sox got real bored of everything, and with Garrett Hill on the mound, Jose Abreu walked, and then Aloy Jimenez uncorked a home run that is going to launch a quiz when Vinny joins the call. There have been 23 home runs in the StatCast era uh, that have been 450 feet or longer. Aloy Jimenez is that 23rd man, crazy deep home run.
1: Just absolutely having a torrid second half. He's becoming the player that we thought and knew that he was going to be. I still... If we start the next year and he's healthy, I'm going to predict him to hit 50 home runs. It's going to happen if he ever stays healthy. In his rookie year, he hit 31, and he missed probably like 30 games. So this guy's got mad power. He's a great hitter. The only problem with Aloy Jimenez, well, the main problem with Aloy Jimenez is availability, being hurt. Even when he got that single, infield single early in the game, looked like he was a little bit gimpy, a little walking, a little weird. But he did not miss a stitch of that ball. And to go where he went up there in Comerica Park is a rare error. 450, just
0: mercy. Mercy. It went into, so if you know Comerica, um, there's kind of the bullpen in left. And then that kind of stops with the seating and the the back batter's eye, the kind of grassy, two-tiered place that kind of Chevy fountains are right it extends all the way to kind of left center right center and all across center field so we hit it into the first row of the shrubs behind the bullpen it was a majestic shot shout out to Aloy for that home run nine to four then Gavin Sheets singled then Andrew Vaughn flied out then Pollock grounded out to third and then Sebi Zavala single to left Gavin Sheets scored. Not yet, Steven. We're close. Then Romy struck out to uh, to end the inning. Then Tanner Banks came. And he would end up getting the save uh, today as he would finish out the 7th, 8th, and ninth. I said it was going to happen, Steven. I, I said it I was going to happen. I got to give you credit. You did say it. Um, but then in the top of the 8th, here's the final, basically, important part of the game. Jose Brady was safe at first on a fielding error air by Harold Castro. And then Jimenez doubled to deep right. Scoring Jose Abreu to make it eleven to four and giving the Sox eleven to three, right? Well, 11, four, no, yeah. eleven to four, good buddy. Eleven to four, yeah. yeah eleven yeah. to four, giving the Sox their first positive run differential uh, in God knows how long. Sound the alarm. The Sox are back. That alarm is scary. Oh my God. I don't like that one. That's scary. If people are having a night. Oh, gosh. Is there a tornado? Uh-oh. Code red. I feel like someone just, like, got poison on their hand. <laughs> or, like, bleach. We got, th- we only got two options for the alarm? Oh, no. There's going to be a nuclear bomb. Can we, try- Can we try the first one again? This is whenever Jose Ramirez is up. Yeah. Tornado. Byron yeah. Buxton's up. Sound the alarms! The White Sox have a positive run differential. Ah! Uh, uh, hopefully they can keep it going. Uh, and if they want to take advantage of the AL Central and uh, win this AL Central, they'll have to have a positive run differential. You'd think uh, after this Guardian series. So we'll the hopefully twins have
1: a positive run differential, even though they're behind the White Sox right now with the one nothing lead going to the ninth. Thank you, Shirek Bobby.
0: They have a plus sixteen. Just got to keep winning, man. Um, but then in the bottom of the eighth, after Gavitt Sheets grounded out to first. It, was, it didn't last for too long because Javi is Homer, to left, uh, giving the Sox a neutral run differential. The Sox run differential is now at zero. Quality sound. It's a great – I think it's the great – I like I was telling you, I think it's the greatest American sound. It I is. think it's better than Al Michaels on a Sunday night. I think it's better than John Coltrane. I think it's better than uh, the sound of a steam train.
1: I like that sound, but I, there's a better sound on that show – and it's the cliffhanger song. Oh, okay. <Analysis> <roe obsessed> <colorful>
0: I think they don't play cliffhanger enough. But I'm going on. Is I'm that on an American? Is, is, is that an American sound or is that a no, Swiss sound?
1: It's no. It's literally from the Price is Right, but it's a yodel. It's a yodel, but it's from that show, which is an American show. I'm going on that show, Price is Right, because I watch it almost You're going daily. I will eventually go on there, go and you. I'm winning that goddamn show. There are a lot of Dumb people mm-hmm. on the prices, right? Oh my God. There's so many people who are in that last spot or the third to last spot and they're bidding like wild numbers. They just bid like $50 over what the last person bid, like $1 or $1 over the, the highest bid. Either one. You win for the most part. There's That's so the many dumb people. And you can Kurt- ask my fiance, Courtney, I yell at the TV. At The dumbass people who are doing uh the prices right, especially the bidding part.
0: Herbs had a lot of uh, sick days eating chicken noodle soup and uh, oh, watching the prices
1: right. That would that you knew that was what you're gonna be doing. <laughs> you're, you're gonna be eating some delicious chicken noodle soup, some seven, seven up, and watching the prices right, and maybe some stories a little after a little All My
0: Children on the One Life. Oh, no, no, I was skipping that. I was going, to, I was to, going to Sports Center at that point. I was going to Hospital. No, I was checking out ESPN2. Um, Joe, Joe R. saying better than Fleetwood Max 1977 uh, album *Tusk*. I guess you would say that's an American sound, but McFleetwood English. That dude's British. I'm not counting it. Um, 79, right? And
1: so was so 79, that, right? Christy, 77 was rumors.
0: Christine McVie is also, also British, British I and John McVie, also British. Yeah. All right, we got a friend joining us. So the Sox win 11 to five after Baez makes it 11 to five. Uh, nothing else really to note. And that so- was trash. What's that? And that album. You're the worst. Uh, the Sox win the series 2-3, to three, taking the last two. Uh, Friday, they lose in 10 innings. Uh, they definitely could have won that game. Yeah. Saturday, they do their job, uh, but make it definitely interesting going to 11, and they wipe the floor with the Tigers today winning 11-5, to and like we said, it's going to be an important series in Cleveland on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. All those games will be at 7-10, and Vinny Duber will be joining us in just a second, our CHGO beat writer, to preview the Guardians series, but this football season points bet is bringing you a better way to bet live on games, which means this, before this ad's over, you can bet a live same-game parlay, bet. You can also bet on the next drive to be a touchdown and cash out on your live second half over bet. With points bet, you have access to more live football markets than ever before. When you're watching Sunday Night Football tonight, you can build the perfect live same game parlay by combining your favorite bets anytime during the game, including spreads, totals, player props, and more. If you think maybe the green and yellow team quarterback is going to have a big game or maybe the blue and orange team quarterback's going to have a big game, or maybe that blue and orange team's going to have a couple rushing touchdowns. You could put together a same game parlay bet on points bet and win a bunch of money. You could choose the outcome of the next drive and next points with points bets, lightning bet. So, whether you are on the move or on the couch, do it live on points bet. You can download the points bet app today and sign up with code CHGO to get two risk free bets up to $2,000. And if you or somebody who has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1 800 Gambler for crisis counseling and referral services. I just realized I should have done the Green Ridge Farm read and not the points bet read. So, let me tell you about meat sticks. They're the best snack on the planet earth green rich farm is a chicago local meat and cheese company offering you a better all-natural option they're the makers of all-natural deli meat sausages and their famous meat sticks they're perfect for tailgating happy hour school lunches and these all-natural meat sticks are hardwood smoked for eight hours with 16 grams of protein per sticks they make a perfect post-workout snack and the meat sticks come in chicken black forest beef and flavors like jalapeno cheddar and spicy chili i had the spicy chili one Jake Flanagan, grilled up some burgers, yep. grilled up some uh, meat sticks from uh, from uh, our good friends over at Greenwich Farm. I think there was also some sausages it from Greenwich Farm. They dropped off some cheeses as well. Uh, very fantastic. I mean, it was a, a great job by Jake Flanagan. Uh, I and had, those spicy I had chili today. ones. You had a meat stick today? Yeah. Which ones you had?
1: Uh, it was just a regular beef. Fantastic. try any of the it. mustards they have? I tried the champagne honey mustard, Ooh. which nothing can be beat. Well, well, that's well, my well. favorite. Every time somebody's that's yours? like...
0: Huh? That's your favorite?
1: Yeah. I like the Chipotle mustard. That's what people are keep on telling me. That's I was mine. like, I tried it. I was like, but no, my favorite is the Champagne Huddy mustard. Okay. They have the regular Dijon mustard. Man, it's a lot. I'm just going to take one home and I hope no one
0: sees it. Literally, if you haven't tried them yet, you don't know what you're missing. Right now, when you order any three meat products at greenrichfarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, those meat sticks will be free simply by using the code CHGO at checkout. So, again, right now, when you order any three meat products at greenrichfarm.com and include a meat stick, uh, a pack of meat sticks in your cart, those meat sticks will be free simply by using the code CHGO at checkout. All right, let's go out to Vinny Duber. How you feeling, pal? Okay. You, we, we were wondering. You have a chicken noodle soup. Uh, Herb was theorizing maybe some ginger ale, Seven Up. I mean, what, what's going on here?
2: Uh, we're going with uh, peanut butter and jelly and water on the uh, comeback trail today. So. Peanut okay. butter and jelly, so all delicious. Is pointing in the right direction. Yeah. So I pointing in the right direction.
0: All right, you can follow Vinny Duber Just like on it Twitter. Is for the White Sox. Right. (laughs) You can follow Vinny Duber on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Uh, So the White Sox, they didn't win every game in Detroit, but two out of three ain't bad, and they win another series. And like we said, uh, the White Sox are now at a neutral run differential. Uh, What do you make of where the White Sox stand after this series, now that they stand uh, 76-71? and
2: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. They basically did exactly what they wanted to do. And for some reason, it looks a little gloomy, doesn't it? Uh, I I don't really know where the math kind of flipped on them, but kind of seeing the road ahead in terms of the numbers, uh, it doesn't look too pretty, which is, uh, you know, obviously the Twins could help them out. But I guess the whole point is you can only close the gap uh, if you win and the team in front of you loses. So uh, the White Sox will have a chance to do that with the head-to-head games coming up against Cleveland this week. But unless they sweep them, they're, pro- they're still going to be behind them. Uh, and so they're going to have to get some luck uh, or some help, I should say, along the way here because they could go and win every series from here on out and still find a way to miss out on on this division. So um, I, I, I certainly they're not dead or anything like that, but uh, I think – It goes to show you the position that they put themselves in over five months of baseball by the fact that they come here. They haven't lost a series uh, since Miguel Cairo took over as acting manager. They beat the Guardians on Thursday. They take two out of three this weekend in Detroit, and still it looks like a a bit of a difficult climb. So um, obviously these three games are gigantic. But I think you got to say that the two games that have yet to be finalized here between Cleveland and Minnesota are pretty gigantic, too, for the White Sox. Uh, it, it looks like that, that one today is about to wrap up, but uh, there's that one tomorrow, too, and uh, certainly a number of ways that this can still go, even just between now and the next time the White Sox take the field.
1: I Minnie mean, is there? like I feel like there was a lot of pressure put on the White Sox, self-induced because of how they've been behind the Cleveland Guardians this year. Winning that game on Thursday was good, but then, you know, laying an egg on Friday with really no runs, two runs versus Matt Manning. Uh, The three runs they scored yesterday or four runs they scored yesterday. And then today, the offensive explosion. It just seems like maybe they relaxed, calmed down, and they realized, like, All we can do is win our games. We can't depend on what Cleveland does or the Minnesota Twins. I hope they didn't watch last night's game because that would just be real (laughs) frustrating because the Twins keep on losing to those Guardians, and they're all, except for the early game, were close victories. Is there any truth to that you think the guys might have put a little too much pressure on themselves on Friday and Saturday's results versus the Tigers?
2: I don't think for that reason. I mean, obviously trying to do too much has been a theme of this season and I think more so what you saw was a team that still can't really be consistently that team that they everybody thought they would be right I mean we've seen so much of it over the last few weeks we've seen so much of it this month in the month of September um, but we're not seeing it every single night and so you know you get that you get the the seemingly really easy win over the Rockies in that first game on Tuesday and then where does the offense go Wednesday? Then they come out and they do exactly what they wanted to do. They make a statement with a huge win over Cleveland on Thursday. And and then Friday and Saturday night, you see the same offense that couldn't score at all for the first five months of the season. And so if you're talking about too much pressure, I think there's maybe too much pressure in those moments, right? Because they remember what it was like to not be able to score any runs. And they remember how they had to play at those times when, when the margin for error was just so minimal, You know, maybe there's there's individual at bats where they're putting too much pressure on themselves, trying to score some runs in these games where the runs aren't coming. But in general, I think they've done a very good job of only trying to win the game they can win on that day. I think they've done a very good job of uh, controlling what they can control. That whole all you know, insert your favorite baseball cliche here. But uh, you know, they've done a good job of that. I think under Miguel Cairo, it's just a matter of getting the result every day it's the or, or results plural I guess is kind of what you're looking for because yeah it's not you're not expecting them to win out, but you should expect them to be able to put up more of a fight against you know especially a team like the Tigers, but against any team because they've kind of discovered that offense that was missing for so long. Um, but then confusingly, frustratingly, confoundingly, It just goes away from time to time here again. And uh, there's so little margin for error right now with the way the Guardians are playing that, um, you know, one misstep seems like it could really send, you know, the odds skyrocketing against them over the last couple weeks of the season.
0: Well, and we wonder if possibly you know some of that margin for error on the Guardian side would be starting Hunter Gaddis on that Thursday one-game series, and now the Sox see Cleveland coming back to town on Tuesday. They get the day off um, tomorrow, so let's talk a little bit about this Cleveland series. I think the main part we could start off is with players that will be there for the series. Um, let's start with Johnny Cueto, just because I think we probably might have more answers about him. Um, do we expect him to be starting? at some point against the guardians in this series, maybe not Tuesday because it doesn't seem super clear at where he is right now.
2: Yeah, I would say that it seems that way that he would pitch in this series just because him being unable to pitch this weekend in Detroit, uh, you know, had he made that start, you got your three guys for, for the series in Cleveland as it would have lined up right in, in, in uh, Lance Dylan and, and, Lucas in some order or in some order there. Um, But I think they're going to want Johnny to pitch against Cleveland. Johnny's been very good this season. uh, And and not only that, you don't want to necessarily skip uh, an entire turn through the rotation and throw somebody out of whack if you don't have to. Um, Certainly that Michael Kopech injury is a big deal, I think, but um, you know, to, to be able to have Quato, I guess, at your disposal for this series could, could end up being a big deal too, because Lucas, you know, at, you know, God bless the guy for trying, but basically every time it's it's one thing or the other that's not working for him. Whether it's the results or the the longevity or the execution, the location, he hasn't been able to put it all together in a while. And um, if the White Sox can throw their three best available starting pitchers against the team that you got to beat, I mean, that's kind of a silver lining of, of Johnny not being able to pitch this weekend in Detroit. So I would expect to see him, but uh, apparently everything is still a little bit up in the air.
1: All right, Bobby, thanks for the update. It says Twins score. Rice. three to Oh, the best hitter in baseball? Best hitter in baseball. Um, he literally is the best hitter in uh, the American League. 3 nothing Twins in the top of the ninth. to um, so Speaking of that Michael Kopech injury, it was kind of a surprise to me to wake up or see that on Saturday that he is going on the 15-day IL, was there any inkling, I mean, he did leave that game after the fifth inning in his last start. Was any inkling that he did have some little problems and what uh, precipitated him going in a 15-day IL?
2: Reading the reports from the folks who are in Detroit, it, it seemed like this is something that maybe popped up in between starts that popped up in his, during his bullpen, uh, you know, they got an update from Rick Hahn out there, shoulder inflammation. It's not something that anybody thinks is too severe or anything like that. Obviously copex injury history includes some of those really significant injuries. This doesn't seem to be one of those. Um, and it just seems to maybe be something like he was going out there for his bullpen, his regular routine between starts, and it did not feel right. So um, they're, they, they're shutting him down. He's, he wants to be able to pitch, you know, obviously uh, at some point before the end of this season. And that makes sense, the kind of competitor that he is, but um, it, it would, it would seem likely we'll say that he, he's done for the year um, unless they were to, to make it into the postseason and maybe that gets some time to heal. Um, that would just be my guess right there. Um, it, it, it is interesting. They they pledged all this creative usage of him throughout the entire season, his first full year as a, as a big league starter, to try to get him to this point, to have him be strong for the most meaningful games of the season. September into October, that was the hope. Didn't work out. They were not able to do that. And it kind of puts him in the same position they were in last year, um, perhaps with a little less uncertainty, but kind of the same thing of, Carlos Rodon, right? Carlos Rodon was fantastic all year last year and then runs out of gas at the end of the year just because the innings caught up to him after not pitching really all that much because of the injuries that he had. Um, and and they didn't really know what their starting rotation was going to look like because he we didn't know if he was available. We didn't know if he was going to be able to pitch in the postseason last year. You'll remember uh, they're kind of in the same position now with Kopech. And that's really unfortunate because I think the... They were trying to do something that would make him not just available, but if he was having a great season, which he had a very good season, I would say um, uh, an option to start some of these most important games for them. Uh, Didn't work out that way. And they're really down to, you know, three starting pitchers who are the guys who can, can go out and win them games right now. I I don't want to, you know, take a turn too much on Lucas Giolito because I've said and I still believe that he's a guy that can put you in a position to win uh, a game. But, but like I said a little bit ago, things aren't really going right for him uh, really for the majority of the season. And so when it comes to being able to rely on a guy to pitch you to a win, they've basically got three guys that can do that right now. And of course, it's all contingent on that offense showing up when those three guys do take them out.
0: It's funny that you bring up Rodon, uh, just because I think that Kopech, obviously they're different people, different players, but I think he's an interesting kind of comparison to him because before 2021, Rodon last made 100 innings in a season in 2018. Last time Kopech has hit uh, 100 innings in a season uh, was 2018 in the minor leagues. He had 135. Uh, Rodon hit around 132 last year. Um, Kopech didn't hit that number this year. Um, got up to 119 before you know we saw the shoulder inflammation. And you know even when Rodon tried to pitch through that, he was only hitting 92. Um, so I don't think this should be too much of a concern for people about Michael Kopeck in 2023. I think that hopefully is something that he could build off of, but you said creative usage. Do you think they were creative enough with Kopeck this year?
2: Yes, because I think the one gauge that they were reading more than any other was how he felt. And and I think Michael Kopeck is built to be this kind of a pitcher. I think he's built to be the starting pitcher. Um, and I think that he felt fine. I think if you watch, we watched him throughout the season. Yeah, he had those moments, those kind of freak moments where he was only able to throw a few pitches in a game before getting taken out in the first inning. But for the most part, he was able to get you to the middle of the game and into the sixth and seventh inning sometimes. Um, there weren't so many moments, I don't think, this year when he was pitching, you know, when he was going deep into the seventh inning or anything, you know, past the seventh inning, anything like that. You can count him on one hand, I'm sure. They've really only had two guys that have, fit that bill in Cueto and, and Cease. Um, I I don't see any real problem from a physical standpoint with the way that the White Sox uh, used Michael Kopeck this year. Um, I certainly uh, believe that Michael Kopeck would tell you that um, had he been shuttled back and forth between the bullpen and the rotation, which is something that, you know, some fans threw out as, as, possible ways to go. Uh, I, I think he would say that that would not have benefited him at all. And certainly the team seemed to have that opinion as well. So I don't think that's something that was ever really on the table. I think it was just, could they skip some starts here and there? Um, they got some help by a few trips to the injured list, obviously, in that in that regard. Um, it really comes down to, did he feel okay? That's that's what they were reading. and And he seemed to feel fine most of the time. And when he didn't, he went to the injured list. Uh, And and it looks like this is just another one of those times. And unfortunately, because of the calendar, will probably be the last time for him this year.
0: I just want to say, uh, since he was placed on the IL on the, what was that, 17th on Saturday, he could possibly return if he was feeling well on October 1st. Sox still have uh, four games or five games at that point. Uh, On October 1st, they have two games uh, with the Padres and three uh, against the Twins. So maybe uh, Kopech could return if he's feeling all right, but maybe. And speaking of people returning from the I.L.,
1: uh, I know he's having his uh, sneaker ball tomorrow with his wife, Bria. Tim Anderson, this is the sixth week out from that uh, injury in his hand. Is there a possibility that Tim Anderson can return to this Guardian series and help the White Sox overtake these Guardians for first place?
2: A possibility, yes. I think that was the uh, the last update that, that I got from Rick Hahn. Obviously, I, I wasn't there when he, he spoke in Detroit. But um, the last update that I got from Rick Hahn was that They were looking at maybe the earliest that Tim could be back would be before the end of this upcoming homestand, which is obviously three games against the Guardians, three games against the Tigers next weekend. Um, Does it mean that he'll be back during the Guardian series? No. Does it mean that he uh, is definitely not going to be back during the Guardian series? No. Um, I think it it comes down to what he's feeling like. What he did tell reporters in Detroit this weekend was when he comes back, he wants to be 100%. And so that's, you know, he wants to be able to do what he can for this team when he's – on a normal basis when he's feeling normal. And certainly that is a lot, as we know from watching Tim Anderson play over the last few years. I don't know if you will see him in this Guardian Series. I'm sure he wants to be there for that Guardian Series, but I think it's probably going to be dictated more by how he feels on a daily basis. Um, not sure about uh, uh, whether he would need a rehab assignment or not still. So um, it, it's there seem to be a few factors here. I would probably say it's far more likely that he would be back during the Detroit Series than he would during the Cleveland Series, but I don't think anybody has put any sort of day on it yet, and so uh, we're, we're still in that kind of day-to-day mode right now.
0: All right, uh, I want to do a little quick game. Uh, I'm going to do a, first off, we're going to do a little ad read, uh, and then we're going to do a a quick game with y'all. Uh, why am I saying y'all? I'm not from the South. You Uh, all you really are from the South side. You're
2: from the way
0: South side, way way South side. Um, let me tell you about athletic greens. Uh, our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG ones back in March when we launched this, uh, whole CHGO thing. Athletic greens was one of our first sponsors along Mm -hmm. with points bet. Um, and they have helped me start my day, right each and every day, um, with this you know, kind of tropical, mild drink. Um, Herb mixes it into a smoothie, makes Mm -hmm. it a little bit more fruity. I just have it in my water. Um, It's, one delicious scoop of AG1, and I absorb 75 high-quality uh, vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help me start my day right. And this special blend of ingredients helps support my gut health, my nervous system, my immune system, and I feel uh, you know more energized, and I have the ability to focus. Uh, I have the ability to do my job. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. And Athletic Greens is over 7,000 five-star reviews, 7,002 if you uh, include herb and eyes. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No needs for millions of different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash socks. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash chgosox to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. Um, I've been waiting for this. You ready for this? Ugh. All right. Uh, so what do you think Steven of Aloy Jimenez's secret. home run, uh, Vinny?
2: It went very far, didn't it?
0: It did. It went to a historic club uh, in Comerica Park history. Uh, Don't shake your head. It it, it was historic. Um, 450 (laughs) feet um, for Aloya Mendez's home run. Uh, So we are going to play a game. In StatCast history, there have been 23 players or at least 23 home runs that have gone 450 feet or more. Um, I'm going to Go to headsortails.com and have you guys flip a coin. Herb, since you're next to me, heads or tails?
1: Tails, it never fails.
0: All right. Uh, Vinny, do you want to go first or second? First. Okay. Guess a name. Who, have, who has hit a home run 450 feet or longer in Comerica Park history?
2: Miguel Cabrera.
0: All right. That is correct. Miguel Cabrera comes up not only once but not only, or not uh, not only twice, uh, but I think it's three times uh, for Miggy. Uh, Miggy has hit one uh, 459 in that park, 454, and 454. So Miguel Cabrera, uh, with over 3,000 hits, has hit three home runs of 450 plus feet. Herb, you got to guess.
1: I'm going to go with Aloy Jimenez.
0: Aloy Jimenez has hit a home run 450 feet. Congratulations. You're correct. He is the most recent entry uh, to that club. All right, Vinny, you're next up. Jim Tomey. Jim Tomey is not correct. Too early on that one, or too late uh, on that one. Uh, 2015, I think, is the start of StatCast. Um, So it's it's since uh, 2015. So Jim Tomey uh, not hitting bombs that deep uh, in 2015.
1: I'm going to go with Michael Nelson Trout.
0: Mike Trout has not Uh, either. Uh, Think maybe more AL Central is what I might give you guys. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of great White Sox greats in here. Vinny, you're up.
2: Avi Garcia.
0: Avi Garcia is on this list. Um, (laughs) Avi Garcia hit the third longest home run in Comerica Park history at 465 feet. White Sox Legend and Tigers legend, if if we're being honest, yeah, Mini Mini Miggy, uh, hitting it farther than Miggy ever did. Jose Abreu, Jose Abreu, has not. What a bomb! Um, Jose Abreu hit that shot to deep center field, but that was not 450, it was like 440. So that kind of puts Aloy's shot into perspective here. Vinny, you're up.
2: Oh, let's go with the guy who I've seen hit about 80 million home runs against the White Sox. How about Nelson Cruz?
0: Nelson Cruz is on this list. Nelson Cruz has one at 450, and Nelson Cruz has one at 455. So I think he has the second most on this list, uh, just behind Miguel Cabrera, Herb, you're up. And
1: we're talking AL Central and a powerful hitter.
0: I will go to a disappointment, but Miguel Sano. Miguel Sano is not on this uh. list. I thought you were going to track it and go go the right way, but uh, no, no Miguel Sano. Vinny, you're up.
2: Salvi Perez.
0: Salvi Perez is on the list. 451 uh, is on that list. Uh, Only one for Salvi Perez, but he's on the list. Let me stay on the twins. Byron Buxton. Byron Buxton is on the list. 451 as well. He only has one. All right, Vinny, uh, you're on the list. These are gettable. There's some that, there's like two that I would say are completely just not gettable. Um, There's also still one more active White Sox on the list.
2: Ooh. One more active White Sox. Um, then let's go ahead and go with Johan Moncada.
0: Johan Moncada is correct. Yoan four fifty eight back in twenty nineteen.
1: Okay, let's see. I'm thinking of maybe a Cleveland Guardian might have done There's it. A couple. So I will go with Franmil Reyes.
0: Franmil Reyes is on the list. 462 for Fraun Mill and 453 for Fraun Mill. So him and Nelson Cruz have two home runs of 450 plus just behind Miggy. We got a couple names uh, checked off there. Uh, let's jump in. We got Avia Garcia off the list, Fran Mill Reyes twice, uh, Miguel Cabrera three times, Yuan Moncada in the top 10, Nelson Cruz twice, Salvi Perez, Byron Buxton on the board. Vinny, uh, you got, you're up next.
2: Hmm. I am going to go with Jose Ramirez.
0: Jose Ramirez is not on the list. Ah. He's probably got at least like 25 home runs in Comerica Park, but uh, none 450.
1: I mean, he just got there. Let's see if Javier Baez is there.
0: Javier Baez is not there. Uh, He hit one 388 today, uh, but he has not hit one 450 just yet. Vinny, you're up.
2: Oh, boy. Um, I'm going to go with, hmm. Oh, boy. I can't think of, like, literally any Tigers. Who's been a Tiger recently? Um, uh, there's, all right,
0: here, here, I'll give you hints on the, the former Tigers. Uh, there's one guy that's currently active in the AL East. He's bounced around a couple of American League teams. Uh, there's also former Tiger great. Um, that's actually it.
2: How tigers? about J.D. Martinez? Yeah, it's J.D.
0: Martinez was the guy I was talking about. All right. 4.67, <laughs> he has the second longest in StatCast history. He also has the 16th longest uh, at 4.53.
1: So there's a, the one that's left is the Tiger Great? Or are you calling no. J.D. Martinez the Tiger I guess
0: great? I was calling the... J.D. Martinez, the Tiger great. Um, So there is a a Twins legend. I say that jokingly. Uh, There's a Blue Jay legend. I say that jokingly. Uh, There is a White Sox legend. I say that jokingly as well. Uh, There's a Cubs legend. I say that jokingly. There is an actual Royals legend, but not for power. Uh, There's a Yankees legend that's sarcastically uh, there, I guess this was be a former Tiger when he hit it um, but I guess I think of a more of a either an angel or diamondback mean, um, there's a true White Sox legend uh, who barely got in there at 450 uh, with Nelson Cruz and Aloy Jimenez I am confused on
1: who's the guy the number one guy had to hit it over 467
0: feet he he hit it over 467 feet he almost hit it 500 feet Jeez, it was wow. 493, so he, he absolutely clobbered it and, and has the, the lead by uh, about 20 feet here.
1: And which guy, which uh, person was that? Was that That's the former Yankee the great? The former twin. He's a former Yankee great, too. Former twin, former Yankee great, current twin. Current twin? Say former. Not, oh, not current oh. twin. Oh, yeah, he has a, cur- oh, a current one. Gary Sanchez.
0: It's Gary Sanchez. My bad. Yeah, Gary Sanchez. I think he probably hit it when he was a Yankee, but uh, we'll wrap this up. But uh, I think we'll, we'll give the win to Vinny. I think yes, he got he more got wins. Uh much more. Uh, just because he got uh, Miggy and uh, Nelson Cruz, so congrats. But let's go through some of the other ones. Uh, the fourth longest was hit by J.P. Aaron Sebia. Oh, gee, no one. Out, no. Why didn't you guys get that one? No one. Hit- J.P. Aaron Sebia's mama doesn't know who he is. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Giancarlo Stanton, surprised no one oh, guessed him, 456. Weirdo. Melky Cabrera, White Sox legend, 455. Blue The milkman. The milk man. It was probably when he was on steroids. Um, so, this whole career. 13, Alex Gordon. Oh, wait. We got to go to uh, 11. 11's crazy. David Bodie. Ooh. The, boat oh, the Thin show. White Duke. The Thin White Duke, David Bode. Um, the boat show uh, showing up on the list. 13 was Alex Gordon. Uh, and then 17, uh, Yankee legend Joey Gallo. Joseph Callow, um, 18, Justin Upton, and then 21, surprise no one got this, White Sox legend, Ryan Cordell.
2: <laughs> wow.
0: Uh,
2: wow. <laughs> Amazing.
0: And Iconic. Is
1: that his only home run in the majors or something? <laughs> or the <are> White Sox? <laughs> and
2: it went
0: 450 feet. Um, his mom was proud of that one. Uh, I guys, see all the guys. Yeah, while we
1: were doing that, the Twins have won today.
0: Twins! Yay, the Twins won. White Sox are right. only four games out. All right, so Vinny. Or oh, three and a half games out. We, we surmise that this is a must-win series. You must win all three of these games. We saw the White Sox did a great job of, you know, making focusing in on a one-game series against the Guardians on that Thursday game. Um, how do they re kind of uh, re-spark that magic? How do they make... Three statement wins in a row. Can they do that? Because I feel like the Sox really haven't had a statement series this entire year. So uh, if you could put it into any words that maybe the Sox have said or maybe Miguel Cairo said, um, how do the Sox win three games against the Guardians on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday?
2: How about I put it into some uh, terms that Steve Stone said during the broadcast today? I think it comes down to hitting home runs. And that should be of no surprise. But I think the good thing is I don't think they need to really recalibrate or get refocused at all. I think winning today is a big help. Uh, you know what I mean? If they had won those first two in Detroit and then had a disappointing loss today, yep. that would be kind of a, a stinker way to end, you know, the the, 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 the trip there. Um, they don't need to do that. They, they are riding high. They got some momentum. Of course, that didn't really help when they left Cleveland and went to Detroit. But um, – they're, they're coming back for a big series. They obviously know how big of a deal it is. They need to play like the team that's been playing the last few weeks a lot more than, they've, than they need to play like the team that played for the first five months. That's a no-duh kind of statement, obviously. But listen, when they hit home runs, they win. It should be no surprise that that is the formula to winning any game from here on out. And if they are able to do that, if Aloy Jimenez is able to keep showing the power, uh, you know, that he showed today, the guy's been on an absolute tear. He he, he is approaching carrying this lineup, uh, uh, you know, status right now. Um, but obviously, it's going to be a team effort. Uh, they're going to need to hit the ball over the fence. And if they can do that, they're going to have a good chance of winning three games. And, and I don't say that, you know. I know that sounds kind of silly, but, you know, oh, they're going to be able to sweep them. They haven't swept anybody all year, it seems like. But uh, listen, the Guardians have left the door open. The Guardians are the ones who have not played that much better than the White Sox this entire season. Um, that their, their goals are there for them. Now, is the math daunting? Absolutely. Uh, you know, we saw that, that tweet that, that Guff put together uh, and, and went around all Twitter today with all the scenarios and whatnot. When you've got a situation in which the Guardians can play one game above 500 the rest of the way and the White Sox are only able to lose two times the rest of the season, that seems kind of daunting. That seems like a pretty uphill climb to me. Um, so one of two things has to happen. Either the White Sox have to win a whole ton of games or the Guardians have to start losing. And the White Sox obviously can only uh, contribute to uh, uh, both of those things for the next three games. And then it's just the former that they can that they can make something happen. So um, I think it sets up well for them because I think they have been playing drastically better under Miguel Cairo. Uh, they've been playing drastically better in September than they did for the first five months of the season. They kind of woke up and realized that there wasn't much of this season left. And if they were going to do it, this is going to be the time to do it. They've done a pretty good job so far, um, but they're going to have to do an even better job to win three games against the team who, uh, let's put it this way, even if they haven't played that much better than the White Sox this year, they do seem to have a knack for knowing how to win games and uh, and knowing how to win games late. I mean, heck, that, that finish that we saw uh, on Friday when we were watching in the studio, that was just incredible, uh, you know, to win in that fashion. And then last night they showed it again. So, listen, they've got to the, – the White Sox got to be better – in in, in the things that they can can control, hit the ball over the fence, and that's gonna go a long way.
0: They can't control the health of who's starting, so hopefully Johnny Cueto can make some of those starts. Maybe Lucas Giolito can be good in his starts, but I think you're right, I think Steve Stone's right, I think Herb and I have said it as well, Uh, Every White Sox person on Twitter, the White Sox are hitting home runs. They will win games. This is their 27th win when they have two home runs or more. That is an 84% winning percentage. So if the White Sox hit two home runs, everyone else just really needs to show up. Um, So I I think that's a pretty good uh, equation there.
1: And last thing I have for you, Vinny, is the most important question. And we heard you had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich earlier. Um, (laughs) Chunky or creamy? Mm.
2: Creamy. Ugh.
0: I'm a chunky guy. Me too. Yeah, I'm a chunky guy.
2: Is it a
1: chunky I mean, or
0: you know crunchy? I'll say though, you got to you know have good I'll bread say? to have chunky.
2: I go, I go creamy on the peanut butter, but I'm a big fan of putting the chips in, in there. Oh, all okay. right. Um, and, and not, not even just limiting that to potato chips. I like, a, I like a Cheetos on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I okay. find it
0: good. Yeah, I know, I Sean. Think. I know.
2: I, I get I get the case. I, I, like I understand.
0: A, I could do like a barbecue chip. I don't know about Cheetos. I think
2: anything. I think any yeah. chip goes good on a peanut butter jelly
0: sandwich. Right. Yeah. Uh, before we let you go, um, I, don't, I, I like, I like the, 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 the way you do PB&Js. I'm not, I'm not a hater. Um, final thing, uh, we did do the CHGO White Sox staff prediction, pr- predictions where we guessed how many p- uh, innings Michael Kopech will pitch. Um, so I'm not sure if this is final, but Herb said he would be good at prices right. The question was Michael Kopech will pitch blank innings. Vinny said 150. Jared said 130. I said 131 and two-thirds. Herb, lowest amount of innings, 125. Kopech's at 119 and two-thirds. So there you go. Congrats, Herb. If, if, if Kopech doesn't pitch any more innings, I know it's you know it's sour. I know it's celebrating here. But, like, you know, just. I mean, we'd all lose. I just thought it was I think funny. I we all went over, right? Well, hopefully he comes back so he can yeah. at least pitch 125 innings. I don't think it works that way. And there has to be a winner in that one. I, so. I'm, even though it's ending in a weird way,
1: I'm happy with Michael Kopech did this yeah. year. And I'm actually, I don't know if the White Sox are happy because they're in a stretch run. But I would think like, okay, he's proved to us he could be at minimum a middle of the rotation guy. And we see him as a top of the rotation guy once he gets, a, this is his first full year of starting done and next year we're looking for more. Like he's been through the rigors and now we'll push him a little bit more next year so we can be that top of the rotation guy that we've all envisioned him to be. And he can get there. Yeah, he I will mean, get there. There's,
0: there's definitely stuff he needs to work on. Uh, stamina. I mean, he just needs to work on control and, and figuring that out. But that fastball plays and he needs to rework that slider. Um, that slider was very devastating when he was coming out of the bullpen, probably just because he had, you know, limited amount of stuff. You know, we know how much guys just amp it up to to really go full go. And he was able to get up that slider to like 89 miles per hour. I think, to, you know, this year was really only hitting around 86 so um you know I I think part of it is just building up that body like Vinny was saying is is he still looks the part he looks like a starting pitcher it looks like he was made for this it's just about tuning it up getting it right and, and ready to, to go um, I think it's it's definitely encouraging I just don't love the way it, it it got there I think you know you see the way Lance Lynn kind of turned it on late on in the season and I know he's a veteran it's tough to compare him and, and, and Michael Kopech but I think maybe if they used him and it was difficult too because of Lance Lynn's injury um, I think maybe if they used him off starting off in the bullpen and easing him into starting uh, I think he might have been still around but I, I can't predict that. I mean, I, that's, I just, that's a lot of. I ifs. think they used
1: him in a pretty good way. I you'd start him as the in the rotation, and you know, so when you got shoulder information, you got shoulder was, information, yeah, and I you're mean, shut down for the year. I am happy that they're shutting him down, and then he might come back for the last series. If they don't, cool. That's it's been a it's been a successful year. If I had to put a grade on it, probably a B,
0: B plus. Yeah, I mean him himself. I think he probably gets like an A. Yeah. I mean he was he was fantastic. I think the Sox plan like a B minus. I mean it really just felt like all right, hey, let us know if you're hurt. Don't just Don't get hurt. What, Good what luck. Else, what else do you want? I, I know, but it's just like you I, he was just such a precious commodity that he could be helpful even to the play. I mean, he he, I don't be. know if he was going to start a playoff game, but if he was still healthy, he'd definitely be making that bullpen and would be, you know, moving, making that transition to help the Sox in some way if they are a playoff team or were to make the playoffs. So, He, he wasn't, he wasn't
2: going to pitch out of the bullpen. He just wasn't going to. He's a starting pitcher. And even, but even, they, in,
0: even in the playoffs?
2: Well, if needed in the playoffs, I think the idea is they thought he would be one of their four starting pitchers in the playoffs.
0: Right. And, but if Lance Lynn yeah. was healthy to start this year, I, I, I think that they could have been like, hey, you'll start <laughs> the, the first two months in the bullpen, and then we'll move That's you to not a starting one.
2: That wasn't going to happen. Why, why would that have ever happened? they I think that a might a more pitcher. creative
0: plan to keep him healthy but then no, you wouldn't I have think a you're fit trying starter. To think,
2: yeah, I think you're well, trying I, I think you're trying to just avoid injury. It doesn't matter. They're trying to create a starting pitcher so that's going to be a key part of their rotation. You got to give the guy you got to give the guy the chance to be a starting pitcher if you want him to be a starting pitcher. He has to learn how to do it. He's never you he never started. He's hey, you can count on one hand the number of starts he had last year. This this move, listen, Rick Hahn been telling us since November of last year that Michael Kopeck's 2022 season is just as much about 2023 as it is about 2022.
1: Right. Well. Yeah. And you have. Yeah. As Vinny said, you have to be. You have to throw him into the deep end. You can't just baby him in the bullpen. That was last year. Not even baby him, but you're bringing him back from injury time off with the uh, COVID situation. And that's what they did last year to build him up to this year. And I think they've done a good and goodbye, Michael. By 2021 and then 2022, 2023 and 2024 look promising, that the guy can be a top-of-the-rotation guy because they've done this and because they've surrounded the people around them that they surround him with. I mean, Michael Kopech doesn't pick up anything from Lance Lynn or Johnny Cueto or or, uh, um, Ethan Katz or even Dylan Cease, to a lesser extent. Luis Lucas Alito, that's on him. But I'm sure eventually he'll become a pitcher, more of a thrower. I think he's more of a thrower right
0: now where the pitcher is coming out on him eventually, and well, now come 2023. I mean, but, but back in April of 2021, he said, like, watching Lance Lynn uh, in his first complete game shutout in in the cell, um, like, he said, no, I learned that you need to attack the zone. And I, I think Kopech has done that. I think the one thing that's held him back is just mechanics. I think his it's, it's tough to repeat that over and over again. And then when you're a reliever, it's easy just to pitch out of the stretch. Like, I, I think it's all just – making that transition, like we said. Um, But I I think it's definitely encouraging. I think there's things to work on. He knows what they need to work on. Um, And maybe we'll see him again in the playoffs. Uh, We definitely would hope so. Um, That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter, the man in the bubble, uh, and our CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter, at Ecknerwall 23 I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter, at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We will be back on Tuesday. We will be previewing the two – or we'll be uh, with you on the Tuesday – Uh, Wednesday and Thursday games uh, against Cleveland. We're going to be at the Wednesday game. Yes. So we'll be at the Wednesday game. Uh, Buy your tickets through game time. Uh, In the description, whether in the podcast description or YouTube description, we're sitting in section 113. Correct. 113. So buy in that 108, 113 region. If you want to hang out with us, um, we'll be in that area. So stop by, come over. If you see us, say hi. Um, We don't buy yeah, use the game time app. I literally got these tickets for
1: $48. Three dudes in, one sec- in 113, third row. Use that game time app right there in YouTube on the description or, as Sean said, in any podcast the description, hit it. It's like the first one. I used it easy, quick, $48 for an actual Major League Baseball game
0: where the, game- where the series might be on the line, right. the year might be on the line. Get there. Win on Tuesday, the White Sox. yeah. Win on Tuesday, so Wednesday's game's fun. Oh, so um, we'll have a pregame and post game for you guys on Tuesday. Uh, probably no pregame on Wednesday, but we'll have a post game on Wednesday, and then we'll have a pre and post on Thursday as well, and then pre and post on Friday. Uh, off on Monday though, so no show tomorrow. Uh, but we'll see you on Tuesday through Friday. Again, uh, thank you everybody for joining us. Thank you to Vinny Herb uh, and to Steven Nicholas for producing the show, and thank you to Fleetwood Mac for your 1979 album Tusk. We will talk to you on Tuesday. Go Sox.